Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning, back by popular demand, Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show, My Favorite Husband. In this first episode, we find Liz and George once again at the breakfast table when all of a sudden their conversation is interrupted by a sound in the kitchen. So they ask Katie the maid what is going on in the kitchen. Then Katie bursts through the door in tears and tells them that the dishwasher is throwing all the dishes all around the kitchen. So Liz has an idea without letting her husband know. So she calls her friend Corey and Corey comes right over and once he's in he she tells him about the dishwasher and how it's acting up is there any contest that they can enter so Corey has a great idea of Liz and George appearing on a quiz show where they have kitchen appliances and all kinds of home appliances for them to win so when Liz finds out that it's a couple's quiz show she panics because she hasn't told her husband George about it yet but Unfortunately, George is not very amused and very taken it back by hearing his name on the radio. So his neighbors and friends call him and tease him about being on the game show. So, when George and Liz appear on the game show that night everything goes wrong for the couple and it is called the quiz show and in this next episode we find Liz and George once again at the breakfast table after George has eaten his breakfast for the morning and is off to work he sees a column in the paper about finances and then Liz finds out the news that one of her friends is having a baby so Liz has an idea of knitting baby booties for the couple who's expecting a little bundle of joy so their friend Mr. Cartwright comes back once again And sees Liz knitting baby booties and gets so excited that he thinks that Liz and George are having a little bundle of joy of their own. So Corey goes around telling everybody who knows Liz and George. When word gets all the way to George's boss, Mr. Atterbury. So Mr. Atterbury is excited for the couple. Then George 
is excited because Mr. Atterbury gave him a raise. So he goes to a department store buying all kinds of things for the baby that he thinks that Liz and him are having. Unfortunately for George, he does not know that Liz is knitting the baby bees for a friend and not for the baby that they're expecting. And it is called Baby Booties. I hope you guys enjoy Mr. Richard Denning and Miss Lucille Ball in the CBS comedy show, My Favorite Husband. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And enjoy the show. Thanks. We present Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. Based on the delightful stories of Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougar, starring Miss Ball with Richard Denning. Well, let's look in on the Cougats and see what they're doing. It's morning, and George Cougat is seated alone at the breakfast table. Liz is helping Katie, the maid, in the kitchen by fixing the toast. Liz, is the toast ready yet? Oh, just a minute, dear. Now it's ready. <laughs> Liz, what was that noise I heard? Nothing. Oh, how do you want it scraped, dear? Light, medium, or charcoal broiled? Oh, it doesn't matter. Well, if you hadn't heard me, you'd never know the difference. Here you are. Liz, you scraped it too hard. It's back to bread again. Well, I can't help it. It's a toaster's fault. If you'd fix half the things around here... Now, wait a minute. I did fix the toaster. I tightened the spring yesterday so the toast would pop up better. Oh, you did that. Well, you made the spring too tight. And you better apologize to Katie. What for? She fell into the sink running back to catch a high fly. <laughs> yes. And if it ever learns to throw a curve, we're really in trouble. Well, it's a perfectly good toaster. I'll, I'll try to fix it. You'll try to fix it, yeah. Well, what do you do, buy a new one? Either that or get Katie a fielder's mitt. <laughs> oh, George, let's not fight so early in the morning. No. All right. We, we'll wait a while. <laughs> mm, somehow I feel this is going to end up in a new toaster. Don't be silly. Your morning kisses are like coffee to me. That's how I wake up. Liz... I have a confession to make. What? My caffeine's been removed. Oh, <laughs> silly. Come here. Sanka. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, George, the way we kiss, I don't need a new toaster. You don't? No, just put a piece of bread in my hand and kiss me again. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful, George? No matter what we argue about, a kiss from you fixes everything. <laughs> you know, you could get around anybody with a kiss. Really? Mm. Well, when I get to work, I'll try it on Mr. Atterbury. Hey, what's that? It's in the kitchen. Katie! Katie, what's going on out there? Mrs. Cougat, Mr. Cougat, run for your life. What's the matter? What happened? The automatic dishwasher has gone crazy. <laughs> oh, broken again. 
Oh, it threw every dish in the kitchen at me, and it's trying to climb into the cupboard to get some more. <laughs> oh, now, Katie, you mustn't be upset. It's not that tragic. Oh, I can't help it, Mrs. Cougat. That thing hates me. <laughs> well, you go back to the kitchen and get even with it. Pull its plug out. Yes, ma'am. George, I'd like to talk to you about a new dishwasher. Kiss me, Liz. Oh, no. No, with the toaster, it just meant burnt toast. This time, we may lose Katie. Why, that's ridiculous. What's the matter? Can't she wash dishes in a pan like everybody else? Well, but she's had the dishwasher so long, she might resent it and quit. And you know we can't find anyone nearly as wonderful as she is. Well, what are women coming to that, that they have to be pampered with electrical gadgets? Oh, we're not pampered. Well, the wives of our ancestors didn't have dishwashers. Pioneer women didn't have a lot of electrical appliances to do their housework. Of course they didn't. And where are those women today? Dead. Well, I'm not buying Katie a new dishwasher. And you can tell her so. She'll get rough red hands. Well, what of it? She's got rough red everything else. Well, I'll tell you the truth, George. I wasn't thinking Katie. I, I was thinking of someone else. Uh-huh. Well, come clean. Whom were you thinking of? Oh, you're so grammatical. Well, I can't help it. That's correct. Whom were you thinking of? Hume. <laughs> me? I mean me? What are you talking about? Well, if we don't have a dishwasher and it's Katie's night off, I'll be washing the dishes. I thought so. Oh, I don't care for myself. But when you come home and you greet me and you, you kiss my hand... Yes... You'll get dishpan lips. <laughs> Liz, you're, you're breaking my little heart. But I'm not buying Katie a new dishwasher, and you can tell her so. She's liable to get mad. So? You tell her, George. Uh, no, Liz, uh, you tell her. What's the matter? Are you afraid? Me? Afraid? <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh. Well, when you stop laughing, you tell her. <laughs> Well, Liz, it, it's just that I don't want you to be a slave in your own house. You, oh. you have to be the boss around here. Let her know who gives the orders. Do you understand? Yes, you're afraid of her. No, she means nothing to me. I, I just want you to learn a lesson. All right, I'll tell her. I'm not afraid. I'll get her in here and I'll say to her, Katie, did pre someone call me? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Mrs. Cougat has uh, something to tell you, Katie. No. Uh, yes. Uh, Katie, there's something you might as well know right now. What is it? I want some more coffee. <laughs> That's telling her, Liz. Oh, why don't you go to work? <laughs> Katie, could I talk to you a minute, please? Just a second, Mrs. Cougar, till I get through washing these dishes by hand. Oh, don't worry, Katie. I'll get a dishwasher somehow. I asked Corey Cartwright to come over. Well, what for? I didn't think he knew about anything except women. He doesn't, but he has a lot of friends in radio, and I thought maybe if he could get me on a giveaway program, I might win a dishwasher. Do you, do you think you could win? Oh, listen, I've heard some of those shows won by morons, and I'm as smart as they are any day. <laughs> Wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. That must be Corey. I'll get it. Oh, he's in a hurry. Quick, close the door. 
What's the matter? Women. I can't get rid of them. Crowds of them chase me down the street. Oh, well, it must be tough to be so irresistible. Hey, what's this dragging along in back of you? Oh, that. Well, that's nothing. Let me see. Why, Corey Cartwright, a bottle of taboo on a string. <laughs> well, it's a game I play. It's like fishing, only for women. Oh, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Say, uh, what was on your pretty mind when you asked me to drop by, dear? Corey, are you still friends with that fellow who puts on radio shows? Well, sure. I've been on a lot of them lately. Two more programs and I'll have all my Christmas shopping done. <laughs> well, could you get me on one? Absolutely. What do you want to win? I've got a list of what they're giving away. Mm -hmm. Refrigerators, stoves, automobiles, diamond rings, wristwatches, and kitchen utensils. Yes, but I want... Garbage help. disposal units, Hoover vacuum cleaners, fur coats, house paint, pianos, radio phonographs, record albums. But you see, I'd like Typewriters, to have... six office buildings, a parking lot in downtown Los Angeles, and Arrowhead Springs. Let me off at electric dishwashers, please. Oh, it's a cinch. There's a program that gives away a dishwasher each week. It's called His and Hers. Corey, you've got to get me on it. Oh, there's nothing to it. Give me the phone. Phone there. Hello? That you, Smiley? This is Corey Cartwright. How are you, you old son of a gun? Yeah. See, a couple of friends of mine would like to get on His and Hers. A couple? Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's a banker. The name is George Kuga. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, swell. Goodbye, Smiley. Oh, Corey, wait. Well, Liz, you're on... on the show, too? Oh, sure. Husband and wife teams compete together. That's what makes it fun. Oh, I don't know how George is going to take this. He doesn't know about it? No. Oh, you'll die. That's what I'm afraid of. Well, listen, Liz, you're not on till next week. Now, have George listen to the show. It's on tonight. And see if you can talk him into it. Remember the name, his and hers. All right, I'll keep his ears glued to the radio if I have to use scotch tape. <laughs> well, George, we have a whole evening to ourselves. What would you like to do, honey? Oh, I don't know. I can't make up my mind between going to a movie or visiting the Sterns. You decide. All right, I decided. Which is it going to be? We'll stay home and listen to the radio. But, Liz... I want to be alone with you, George. We can smooch. We can? <laughs> I could smooch with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, with time and a half for over-smooch. <laughs> uh, say, what's, what's this radio business? I thought you didn't like radio shows. Me? Oh, no. I love radio. I listen to it all day long. Oh, yeah? What programs? Uh, uh, Portia faces John's other wife. What? Uh, Ma Perkins can be beautiful. No, Liz. When a girl marries, it pays to be ignorant. No. Libby Owens, glass girl, glass blower. Oh, stop it. What scheme is brewing in that pretty little skull? Nothing. I just want to listen to the radio. I'll turn it on. Yeah, all right. As long as it isn't one of those horrible quiz shows. Quiz shows? Oh, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's a lot of silly characters making fools of themselves in front of a microphone. Oh, I, I think they're a lot of fun. How, how can a person with any self-respect appear on one of those things? And now, ladies and gentlemen, our last contestants will come up to the microphone to compete for our big jackpot prize on his and hers. Mr. and Mrs. Paul Roney. Liz, that's a quiz show. Shh. 
Now, can either of you tell me the answer to this question? What is stored at Fort Knox? Yeah, now, that, now that's an insult to his intelligence, and any fool knows what's stored at Fort Knox. Sure, gelatin. <laughs> Here, turn that thing off. No, I want to listen. Gold is right, and Mr. and Mrs. Roney win the jackpot for tonight's his and hers. Good night. You, you mean both a man and his wife go through that? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> is there no bottom to, to a human being's dignity? And now we'll announce the names of next week's contestants. Oh, no. What's the matter, Liz? Uh, you're right. It's silly. Turn it off. Mr. and Mrs. Tom Lefebvre. No, I want to see who the suckers will be next week. <laughs> Dr. and Mrs. Charles Van Tassel. And what other half-wits? Mr. and Mrs. George Coogan. <laughs> Liz. Well, let's go to a movie. <laughs> Liz, sit down. I don't like the look in your eye, George. I can explain everything honestly. Go ahead. Put the lamp down, and I will. <laughs> I'm just holding it so you won't knock it down. Now, stop shaking. All right, all right. I wanted a dishwasher, and Corey knew the master of ceremonies, and he fixed it up for us, that's all. My pal. Well, maybe he can find a job for me when Mr. Atterbury at the bank hears about this. Oh, he'll love having his vice president on a quiz show. Oh, I'll get it. Hello? Hello, George? How's the quiz, kid? Oh, Hello, Harry. Just heard him say your name on the radio, George. Congratulations! Uh, look, Harry. Uh, we're not this going... This is only the beginning, George. Maybe if you give yourself a home permanent, you'll be chosen queen for a day. Now, wait a minute. Well, goodbye, Queenie. Liz. Yes, Your Majesty? That's not funny. In half an hour, everyone in town will know about this. Oh, another wise guy. Well, I'll tell him a thing or two. Yes, I know. Quiz kid. Queen for a day. <laughs> and keep your smart answers to yourself. George, this is Mr. Atterbury. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's Mr. Atterbury. Well, goodbye, George. You stay here. You... Oh, no. Not you, Mr. Atterbury. George, I just heard your name on the radio. Oh, well, I can explain everything, Mr. Atterbury. You see... I'm for you, boy. Uh, yes, but my wife... Uh, what did you say? It's a stroke of genius. Excellent publicity for the bank. Oh, you, you, you like the idea? Why, it's sensational, boy. The kind of forward thinking we need. Show the public how intelligent bankers are. How'd you ever think of the idea, boy? Oh, I... I don't know. It, it came to me right out of the air. Well, it was a great idea, and I'm proud of you, boy. Thanks. Talk to you at the bank tomorrow, boy. Yeah, well, well goodbye, Mr. Atterbury. What'd you say, boy? boy. Liz, he... he wants me to go on the show and... Prove how smart bankers are. I'm worried. Oh, don't worry, dear. I'll be right there with you. That's what I'm worried about. Oh. Now, Liz, hmm? I brought all these books home from the library. Uh -huh. And you know what we're going to do with them tonight? Press flowers? <laughs> no. 
No, we're going to study for that quiz show. Mr. Atterbury got a block of seats, and everybody in the bank will be there. Oh, I've got a good idea, George. What? You answer all the questions. I'll just stand there. Yeah, oh, don't be silly. If you don't open your mouth, what'll I tell them? That, that you're done? And if I do? <laughs> well, I see what you mean, but... But let, let, let's give it a try. Now, now here's some history questions. Uh, uh, here. Uh, what is the Monroe Doctrine? Monroe Doctrine? Yes, you, you, you know which Monroe it refers to, don't you? Oh, sure. Racing with the moon High <laughs> upon the midnight blue Well, never mind. I'll answer the history questions. Now, now let's try some natural history. Yeah, here. What is the name of an animal with long, sharp fangs and a shaggy head who stalks his prey at night? Oh, that reminds me. Corey was here today. <laughs> Never mind. I'll answer the nature questions. Now, that, that brings us to arithmetic. Oh, you answer the arithmetic questions, George. Uh, Liz, I've got a great idea. What? I'll answer the questions. You just stand there. Oh, good. I'm glad you thought of it. Yes. Hi, Liz, dear. Hello, Corey. Well, tonight's the big night, hmm? Yes, and Corey, I'm just frantic. I don't know why I ever got into this. I'll disgrace George for life. Oh. He could even lose his job at the bank over some stupid answer of mine. Oh, Liz, don't be ridiculous. He'll have to give up his lovely office at the bank. He'll lose his swivel chair. Just think, all the rest of his life, he'll never swivel again. <laughs> I thought you might be upset, Liz. Oh. <laughs> what would you say if I told you I had the list of answers to tonight's question? Where are they? Here. I got them from Adele, the producer's secretary. I uh, had a date with her last night. Oh, Corey, I couldn't look at them. That's dishonest. Wouldn't be fair. Well, if that's the way you feel about it. Maybe one little peek. Just one. I'll just get the first question, that's all. All right. Oh, what do you know? I had the list upside down. I peeked at the last one by mistake. Now I guess I'll have to peek my way back up to the first one. <laughs> there. Mm How -hmm. uh, can you remember them? Sure. Al Jolson, the sap runs every two years, mm -hmm. life with father, mm -hmm. and to scrape the barnacles off her hull. That's right. I wonder what the questions are. That one about the sap running, that must be about trees, huh? What do you care, as long as you have the answers? You're a cinch, Liz. Oh, this is just wonderful, Corey. George is going to be so proud of me. Oh, Katie, I'm so excited about the show. I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, take one look at me before I go. Is my slip showing? Yes. How much? All of it. Uh, you forgot to put your dress on. Oh, oh, my goodness. Here, help me with it, Katie. All right. All ready, honey? In just a minute. Al Jolson, the sap runs every two years, life with father, to scrape the barnacles off her hoe. What? Oh, nothing, nothing. Oh. Well, how do you feel, Liz? Uh, get some facts into your little head? You know, George, you're going to be very surprised. I have a feeling I'm going to know all the answers. Well, now, now, don't do anything silly. I won't. Uh, let me take the first crack at the answers. Oh, don't worry, George. I won't do anything except make you very proud of me. 
Well, goodbye, Katie. Goodbye. Hey, goodbye, Katie. Kiss me for good luck, George. All right. Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know about that show, His and Hers, but there's nothing wrong with yours and mine. <laughs> Come on, crazy. Let's get this over with. everybody. We're going on the air in just two seconds. Now, now, quiet, quiet. Presenting that sensational new quiz show, His and Hers. Yes, it's time once again to play that lovable, laughable radio game, His and Hers. And here's your master of ceremonies, Smiley Stembottom. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. This is old Smiley Stembottom. Here we go with another session of his and hers. We have with us tonight uh, three man and wife teams. Uh, Dr. and Mrs. Charles Van Tassel, uh, Mr. Tom LaFever, attorney, and Mrs. LaFever, and Mr. and Mrs. George Cougar. Yes, George. Go get them, boys. <laughs> Uh, apparently, Mr. Cougar has some friends in the audience. Now, uh, while our contestants are waiting in a room off stage, I'd like to announce that because we have such an intelligent group, a doctor, a lawyer, and a banker, we have thrown out the easy questions we were going to use and have substituted harder ones. Now, coming onto the stage are our first contestants. Uh, you must be Dr. Van Tassel. That's right, and this is my wife. Apparently, Mrs. Van is tickled by her own tassel. Is she a little nervous? No, she always sounds like that. <laughs> yes. All right, here we go for our first question. Now, you only have one answer between you, so think carefully. Who discovered the fountain of youth and claimed he could live forever? Uh, Ponce de Leon. Absolutely right! Uh, what do you say to that, Mrs. Van Tassel? <laughs> I knew you would. Now you have 25 points, and we'll go to the next question. What is your congressman's... I guess they'll call us pretty soon, won't they, George? Yes. Now, now don't be nervous, Liz. Oh, I'm not nervous. Well, let's go. Isn't someone knocking at the door? No, that's your knees. <laughs> All right, so I'm nervous. I should think you'd be, too, that, that those questions are liable to be tough. Oh, don't worry, George. I have a feeling I'm going to know every answer. Oh, look who has that feeling. Oh. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, we're ready for you. Oh, here we go. Come on, George. And here they come, our third contestants, Mr. and Mrs. Cougat. You tell them, George! <laughs> Please. Now, uh, right up here to the microphone. Are you all ready for these questions? They're pretty hard. Oh, I'll bet they're not so hard. Well, we'll see. Now, uh, one answer for the two of you, remember. First question. Who discovered the fountain of youth and claimed he could live forever? Al Jolson. <laughs> oh, Liz. I'm so sorry. That's wrong, Mrs. Cougar. It is? Yes, but let's go on to question number two. Okay. Question number two. This is political. What is your congressman's term of office? The sap runs every two years. 
I'm so sorry. Liz, have you gone crazy? Something's wrong, George, but I'll get the rest of them. Well, let me answer this one. All right, George. Uh, question number three. What has caused America to have such a great increase in population? <laughs> well, George? I don't know. Uh, would you repeat the question, please? Uh, what has caused America to have such a great increase in population? Is it life with father? <laughs> Wrong again. You uh, now have a total score of nothing. Oh, God, you're a stupid number, <laughs> No coaching from the audience, please. For your last question. Well, I'm sure to get one of these right. Why did the French people put Marie Antoinette under the sharp blade of the guillotine? To scrape the barnacles off her hull. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Cougar, you are the first husband and wife team ever to miss all four questions. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh, Liz. And now all the contestants will start. Liz, what's the matter with you? George, I had all the answers memorized, but they must have switched the questions on me. Oh, fine. Attention! Before the jackpot question, here are the standings of our contestants. The Van Tassels have 75 points. The Lefevers have 50 points. And the Cougats have... <clears throat> now, uh, since our jackpot question counts 100, whoever gets it right will win our giant prize, an electric dishwasher. Oh, we still got a chance, George. Yeah. And tonight, we're adding a special prize to go with the dishwasher. 300 dirty dishes. <laughs> now, here's the jackpot question. At the last session of the Big Four Foreign Ministers in Paris, when Russia and the United States were in disagreement... What did Andrei Vashinsky say to Secretary of State Marshall? Oh, come, someone must know it. What did Andrei Vashinsky say to Secretary of State Marshall? I give up, George. Let's go home. You're right! <laughs> that is what Vashinsky said to Marshall. I give up, George. Let's go home. And the Cougars win the electric dishwasher. Vyshinsky, <laughs> you're wonderful. Come on, everybody, the borscht is on me. George. Hey, George. Are you asleep yet? No. When, when you're trying to sleep, do you ever pretend things? Mm-hmm. What? I pretend that you've stopped talking. Oh. My favorite pretend is that I'm a, I'm a beautiful princess who swallowed a, a magic potion and I sleep for 20 years. Hmm. What are you thinking? I'm wondering where I can get some of that potion. Oh, George. You aren't very romantic. Come on, pretend something. Okay. I pretend I'm all alone on a deserted island. Uh -huh. And I see coming toward me a girl with flowers in her hair. Oh. Now, what do you pretend? 
I pretend she's ugly. Good night, George. We present My Favorite Husband, a new series based on the delightful stories of Isabel Scott Rorick's gay and sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougar, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Ten years ago, Elizabeth Elliot decided to marry an eligible bachelor. So she picked handsome man-about-town George Cougat. Because, as Liz put it... George was the most eligible, eligible bachelor eligible. Well, since, <laughs> since their marriage, neither Liz nor George has said much about children. But then, children have never said much about them either. Now, that's because they don't have any. Uh, children, I mean. In fact, the only time it ever came up was when they returned from their honeymoon and George was showing Liz around their new house. Wait a minute, George. What's this little bedroom here? Well, uh, I kind of thought it would look cute and pink and blue with nursery rhymes on the walls. But uh, we can fix it up temporarily as a maid's room. What do you mean, temporarily as a maid's room? Well, someday uh, we may want a couple of little ones. You mean a couple of little maids instead of one big one? <laughs> Well, that was, as I say, ten years ago. So today, Mr. and Mrs. Cougat are still just two people who live together and like it. Lucille Ball is Liz, with Richard Denning as George in My Favorite Husband. It is morning at the Cougat house. Katie, the maid, has gone out to the mailbox to see if the postman left any ads or blotters... And Liz is cooking breakfast, and George is still upstairs dressing. Finally, Liz goes to the foot of the stairs and calls. George! Yes, darling? I've got your breakfast ready. The toast is burned just the way you like it. <laughs> okay, I'll be right down. Oh, Mrs. Cougat. Yes, Katie? Uh, why does Mr. Cougat like burnt toast? I don't know. He developed a taste for it after we were married. <laughs> Good morning, Liz, darling. Morning, Katie. Morning, Mr. Cougat. George, aren't you going to kiss me this morning? On an empty stomach? <laughs> Certainly. Give me a kiss. I'm fresh out. Oh, come on, George. You must have an old kiss lying around somewhere. Okay. There. How's that? That wasn't just lying around. It was dead. <laughs> uh, that had all the zip of the old George Cougat. Well, the old George Cougat better get a new zipper. <laughs> What are you laughing about, Katie? <laughs> I was just thinking about my first husband, Clarence. Now, there was a kisser. Good? No, ugly. <laughs> Come on, George, your breakfast is ready. Oh, so am I. Uh, where's the morning paper, Katie? George, are you going to bury yourself in that paper again this morning? Oh, I just want to look at the financial page and see how the stock market is doing. Oh, here it is, Mr. Cougar. Oh, thanks, Katie. Uh, let's see now. Amalgamated copper, Fisk tires. Hmm, AT&T is down two points. I'd better get some. Hmm, TP&L is down one point. Well, I'd better get some. Hmm, SFO&P is down three points. I'd better get some. Hmm. Uh, what's the matter? BVD is down two cents. You need some. <laughs> Liz, you've been looking. You've been showing. <laughs> 
an item about Jane Kendall. I have to get her something, George. She's expecting her baby. Yeah, baby. I don't want to have any of that last-minute rushing. Yeah, rushing. You know, having a baby must be pretty tough. Yeah, pretty tough. George, are you listening to me? Hmm? Oh, sure, Liz. Every word. What did I say? Say? Why, uh... Oh, you said those Russians are pretty tough babies. (laughs) Didn't you? No, I didn't. Oh, tough Russians are pretty babies? Wrong again. Pretty Russian babies are tough? Never mind. Yugoslav babies? Never mind. If you weren't lost in that financial page, you'd hear what I said. Well, but Liz, in my business, it's important that I know what's happening in the stock market. I have to keep an eye on the bulls and the bears so that some wolf in sheep's clothing doesn't make me the goat. After all, I work in a bank. Sounds like the Chicago stockyards. <laughs> I don't see what's so wonderful about that financial page. It bores me stiff. I haven't the slightest interest in finances. Well, that's because you're not in business, darling. Say, uh, was there any mail this morning? Katie! Yes, ma'am? Was there any mail this morning? Yes, the morning mail. <laughs> well, that sounds reasonable. Hmm, is that all? One letter? That's all, Mr. Cougat. But the people next door got a lot of mail this morning. Shall I go over and borrow some? (laughs) Don't bother, Katie. Open the letter, George. It's probably from someone who's on their vacation. All of our friends are out of town. Let's see now. Who do we know that went to the mountains or the seashore? It's from Barclay Brothers Department Store. Oh, it can't be. Why not? Well, who do we know that would spend their vacation at a department store? (laughs) Nobody. But we do know somebody who would run up a bill there last month of $250, don't we, Liz? Liz? Oh, what's new on the financial page, George? <laughs> Liz. Oh, come on, George. Tell me about the bears and the bulls again, George. <laughs> George, will you, George? <laughs> Liz, this is serious. You went over your allowance again, didn't you? Yes, George. Oh, Liz. What am I going to do with you? Raise my allowance? (laughs) I can't raise your allowance. I didn't get that mortgage deal with that real estate woman in Florida. Oh. Old man Atterbury must have found out about it because I didn't get that raise. Well, tell him you can't raise a wife and children on your salary. Well, but Liz, Mr. Atterbury knows we don't have any children. Well, then tell him we're expecting some on the next boat. (laughs) Boat from where? Wherever children come from. Had a talk with your mother lately, Liz? Of course. What did she say? She gave me a book to read. You know, what was the name of it? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, that ought to do the trick. Liz, there's only one sensible thing for us to do. I knew you'd think of something, George. We've got to live within our means. Mm-hmm. Stick to our budget. Wonderful idea. It's not only sensible, it's impossible. It's really very simple, Liz How? Well, just don't charge things we don't need Sounds simple, doesn't it? Of course George, from now on I promise I won't charge a thing we don't need Good I'll pay cash for it Mrs. Cougat, I didn't know you could knit. Neither did I, Katie. How do you like it? Oh, it's adorable. Um, uh, what is it? Baby booties. They're for Mrs. Kendall. 
Well, do you think they'll fit her? Katie, <laughs> Mrs. Kendall's going to have a baby. Oh, are you going to be there? No, she's just having the family and a few close doctors. <laughs> Mrs. Cougat, wouldn't it be easier for you to buy Mrs. Kendall some baby booties instead of getting all tangled up in that yarn? Yes, Katie, but I'm trying to help Mr. Cougat save some money. And baby booties cost $5 a pair. Well, how much did all this yarn cost? $10, but that's for five balls. But you won't need five balls of yarn to make one pair of baby booties. Well, I'm using the rest to make a sweater to match. To match the booty? No, a sweater to match the skirt I picked up for $29.95. <laughs> I think it's wonderful of you to help Mr. Cougat save that way. Hmm. Well, the only trouble is I had to charge all this stuff, so I think it would be better if we just didn't say anything about it, Katie. I understand, Mrs. Cougat. He'll probably laugh when he finds out that I've learned to knit. Yes, but he'll stop when he finds out how much it costs. <laughs> Oh, I better hide this knitting. Hey, anybody home? Oh, it's only Corey. Yes, mankind's gift to womankind. In the living room, Corey. Hi, Liz. It's Corey Cartwright, that gay dog. Throw him a bone, Katie. <laughs> oh, I'm not in the mood for jokes, Liz. I'll put your hat in the hall, Mr. Cartwright. What's the matter, Corey? I met the most beautiful girl at a beautiful party in a beautiful penthouse last night. Didn't you have fun? Yes, the beautiful girl and I spent a beautiful evening looking at the beautiful moon. Sounds beautiful. Not quite. Why? She had an ugly husband. <laughs> what was his name? I don't know. He never did catch me. Sorry, <laughs> what makes you so fickle? Well, I'm not fickle, Liz. I just can't make up my mind. Well, sooner or later, the right girl will come along, and then you'll settle down, and she'll be knitting these. Uh, Liz, am I seeing things? Are you knitting baby things? Yes, baby booties. Liz, you mean... You? Why didn't you tell me? Well, I didn't know you'd be that interested. <laughs> interested? Of course I'm interested. Congratulations. Well, thanks. Why, I had no idea. Neither did I. <laughs> In fact, I was just telling Katie I didn't know I could do it myself. <laughs> of course you can, Liz. I think every married woman should. You do? <laughs> Certainly. What's marriage got to do with it? But good old George, he hasn't said a word about this, Liz. Well, good old George doesn't know about it. I'll bet George... I beg your pardon? George doesn't know about it, and don't you tell him. But why? Shouldn't he know? No, Mr. Atterbury didn't give him his raise, and this wasn't on our budget, so I had to charge it. <laughs> they have time payments for everything these days. But really, Liz, don't you think you should tell him? No, he'd only worry about the budget. And besides, if George found out about this, he'd want me to take it back. Yes, Cartwright. Well, I'm glad you did call me. <laughs> I had no idea Mrs. Cougat was expecting a bundle of joy. <laughs> no wonder he's been wanting a raise. Oh, yeah, sure, I agree with you. Yeah, I'll call him into my office right away. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Godright. Goodbye. <laughs> well, <laughs> so young Kugat's finally going to have an addition to the family, eh? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Miss Johnson, you come into my office. Mr. Kugat, Mr. Atterbury wants to see you right away. Uh-oh. Has he heard about the collapse of that Florida deal? Not that I know of. I didn't tell him. 
Okay, I'll go right in. I wonder who told the old man about my failure with that real estate woman. I'll bet that's the reason he didn't give me a raise. Well, after all, it might happen to anybody. Huh? Oh, George! <laughs> George, my boy, my boy, come in, come in. Sit down. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, George, George, I want to have a talk with you. Shall we say, uh, father to son? <laughs> uh, well, is it, uh, about the raise I didn't get? Uh, yes, yes, so don't. That is, uh, <laughs> uh, George... George, I realize that you can't raise children on your salary. <laughs> of course, you don't have any children yet. <laughs> no, but we're expecting some on the next boat. <laughs> what? Oh, nothing. That's, that's just something Liz told me this morning. Uh, look, Mr. Atterbury, I, I know why you called me in here. Oh, you do? Uh, yes, and I just want to say that anybody can make a mistake. <laughs> a mistake? Yes, maybe I tried too hard. Now, my boy, you know, it isn't as easy as you think. <laughs> oh, then, then you're not angry? Angry? Oh, on the contrary, you've got my best wishes, my boy. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Mr. Hatterbury. You know, that woman had me worried for a while. I can imagine. <laughs> she, she, she just didn't like the idea. Well, women are funny sometimes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, she she wanted me to do the whole thing by myself. But, uh, I understood that you both wanted. Oh, I did. Uh, she didn't. Oh, really? And and don't forget, we were a thousand miles from each other. A thousand miles? Sure, she was in Florida. Good heavens! Now wait a minute. If she was in Florida, then oh, I by telephone. See. Uh, the whole thing was arranged over the telephone. <laughs> well, that's faculty, George, my boy. I'm not only going to give you that raise, I'm going to pay that telephone bill. Hello, George. Hi, Liz. Darling, you're looking at a new man, the brand-new 1948 model George Cougat. How much did you get for the old one? Plenty. How about a kiss? Aren't you afraid you'll dent your fenders? <laughs> Come on, darling. How about a kiss for your hard-working husband? Nope, not in the mood. Since when? This morning. <laughs> I'll bet I can make you kiss me. I'll bet you can. Okay. Well, don't let me convince you. <laughs> All right. Well, first I'll put my arms around you like this. Mm-hmm. Now you put your arms around me like that. Mm-hmm. Now, tilt your chin up. Mm. Now, now, when I say a word, you say the name of the first fruit you think of. Mm. Ready? Okay, but I won't kiss you. Candied. Orange. Baked. Apple. Stewed. Pruned. Mm. <laughs> I win. You kissed me. But you tricked me. That was a dirty, mean, low-down, underhanded trick. Trick me again, George. <laughs> Uh-uh. You might get to like it. George Cougat, there's only one word for a man like you. What is it? Poon. <laughs> okay, scatterbrain. Mm, there. <laughs> Poon is a beautiful word, George. Oh, wonderful word, Prune. I love you. I love you too, Liz. Guess what happened at the office today? I don't know. Sit down and tell me all about it. Well, old man Atterbury called me in and... 
Hey, Liz, what's this? What's what? Well, this uh, knitted stuff behind the chair. Knitted stuff, George? Yeah, looks like, like baby shoes. Oh, that. Probably dust balls. <laughs> Liz, knitted dust balls? Oh, you may not know it, George, but we had the best-looking dust balls in town. <laughs> well, wait a minute. There's a whole lot of yarn down in here, too. Look, what, what is it, Liz? All right, Sherlock, you win. They're baby booties. Baby booties? Mm-hmm. Liz, you mean you? Didn't think I could do it, did you? <laughs> Well, sure, but, but Liz, darling, this is wonderful. I thought it was pretty good myself. <laughs> well, gosh, honey, why didn't you tell me? I was afraid you'd be sore. I charged all that yarn to our account, and I went over our budget again. Oh, all this yarn to make one pair of baby booties? Hmm. Oh, what are you going to do with the rest of it? Why, uh, uh... Well, what, Liz? Well, uh, uh, make more baby booties. More? Mm-hmm. Oh, good night. How many will you need? Well, you never can tell, George. It might be triplets. Triplets? Mm-hmm. Holy cats. I, I told old man Atterbury we were expecting some on the next boat. I didn't know the fleet was in. Katie! Katie, come quick. Mr. Kugat's fainted. Well, what happened, Mrs. Kugat? I don't know. He said something about the fleet's in. Then he sank. <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh. George, this is Liz. This is Liz. Oh. Glad to know you, Liz. I'm George. Oh, I oh. think he's coming too, Mrs. Cougar. Yeah, come on, George. Oh, where am I? You're in bed. Oh, good night, Liz. Come on, George. Sit up. Up, oh. Daisy. That's it. What happened? You fainted, Magnolia Blossom. Oh, yeah. Oh, but... But, Liz, you're the one that should be in bed, not me. Now, just stay where you are, George. You're as pale as a ghost. How did I get up here? Katie and I carried you. She carried, Mr. Cougat. I dragged. <laughs> you put on a little weight since the last time we carried you upstairs. <laughs> oh, Liz, you, you shouldn't be lifting anything heavy now, especially upstairs. Well, Katie helped. Who brought me in here? Katie and I. Who put me to bed? Katie and I. Liz. What's the matter? Who put on my pajamas? That brought the color back to his cheeks, Mrs. Cougar. <laughs> Katie went downstairs, George. Oh. And I brought back this. Here, Mr. Cougar, take a sip of this brandy. It'll make you feel better. Are you sure that's brandy, Katie? Yes, ma'am. Remember the last time I fainted, you got hold of Mr. Cougar's bottle of Vitalis. My Vitalis? It went down all right, but I had to give my stomach a 60-second workout. Oh, don't worry, ma'am. This is brandy, all right. You're sure? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Positive. Oh, darn it, Corey. I haven't been able to do any work all day. Look at the stuff pile up on my desk. So Liz finally told you about the baby, huh, George? Well, not exactly, but when I found those baby booties, she could hardly deny it. But but she doesn't seem too interested. That's the way women are, George. You have to be very understanding at a time like this. Yeah. Why don't you try to draw it out of her? Hint around. Maybe she'll confess. Well, I, I tried that already. But, but she acted like she didn't even know what I was talking about. Why? What did you say to her? 
Oh, I told her I understood that women who are expecting a baby get peculiar desires for food. So Liz said, what kind of food? And I said, kiddingly, oh, like ice cream and melted cheese poured over and a dill pickle on the top. What did Liz say? Well, she just said, what's peculiar about that? <laughs> that sounds like something Liz would say. Mm-hmm. I think I'll call her and see how she feels. Go ahead. You've only called her about 30 times today. Uh, uh, hello, Katie. Uh, how's Mrs. Cougat feeling, Katie? What? The hospital? What's the matter, George? Oh, Liz has gone to the hospital. Already? Hello, Katie. Uh, which hospital did she go to? Yeah. Yeah. To phone her there? Well, I'll do better than that. I'll go I'll go over there. Goodbye, Katie. Now, keep calm, George. Getting excited won't help him. Yeah, keep calm. You're right, Corey. Don't get excited. Where's my hospital? I mean, where's my hat? Now, wait a minute, George. Keep calm. I'll go with you. Now, don't get excited. Okay, okay. I'm calm. I'm calm. Uh, let's go. All right, but you can't go that way. What way? With a telephone on your head. Oh. <laughs> Thanks a million for coming to the hospital with me, Liz. It was wonderful of you. Well, you're welcome, Jane, honey. I'm only glad I could do something to help. You have. Norman was so worried. He's read so many stories in the paper about taxi drivers having to stop on the way to the hospital because the baby arrived ahead of time. I wonder if they leave the meter running when that happens. <laughs> oh, you make me feel good, Liz. When I probably should be feeling horrible. Do I, honey? I, am. Um... I guess you're always a little anxious with the first one. Well, you haven't anything to worry about, Jane. You'll be all right. And when it's all over, you'll realize that this has been a very wonderful experience for you. Something you wouldn't take a million dollars for. Uh, do you think you could stay with me, Liz? I mean, um... Until the baby arrives? Of course, honey. I wouldn't think of leaving. Thanks. Norman should be here pretty soon. What do you want, Jane? A boy or a girl? Well, I'd sort of like a little girl. How about Norman? Oh, he says he just wants a boy or a girl. Well, I hope he isn't disappointed. George, are you sure this is the right hospital? I don't know. Uh, wait here, Corey. I'll ask that nurse at the desk. Uh, I beg your pardon, nurse. Yes? Uh, do you have babies here? Yes. Uh, uh, this is the place, Corey. <laughs> okay. Is there something I can do for you? Uh, no, thanks. My wife's doing it. You, why? Uh, Mrs. Cougat. I'm Mr. Cougat. We have the same name. Uh, that's understandable. Uh, is she here? Uh, yes, she is, Mr. Cougat. But you can't see her now. She left a message for you. Oh, what is it? She said to tell you that she's decided to stay at the hospital until the baby arrives. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, will you give her a message for me? Certainly. Uh, just tell her I think that she's made a wise decision. George, don't you think you should go home and wait until you hear from Liz like the nurse told you? Oh, of course, Corey, but I have to get this stuff before I go home. Well, isn't it a little premature? Of course not. I want to be ready. But look at all the stuff you bought already. Electric trains... Baseball bat, drum and bugle, football helmet, boxing gloves. Maybe I should get him a football, too. George, do you realize that a newborn infant can't even stand up, much less play football? Why don't you get it a, a rattle? A rattle? Oh, rattles are for kids. My son is going to play right tackle for Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope he's in shape. They play their first game next week. <laughs> now, Corey, let's not be silly about this kid. No, let's not be that. Obviously, he can't play right tackle with Princeton next week. Oh, obviously. He doesn't know the signals. <laughs> George, now, suppose it isn't a boy. Suppose it's a girl. Girl? Oh, no, it can't be a girl. Liz wouldn't do that to me. Liz hasn't got anything to say about it. What do you mean, Liz hasn't got anything to say about it? She's its mother. Yeah, but how can Liz make the child be a boy or a girl? Well, she has to learn to discipline it sometime. Mrs. Cougar, did Mrs. Kendall have her baby? Yes, she did. Is Mr. Cougar home? Uh, yes, ma'am. He and Mr. Cartwright are in the study and acting mighty strange, if you ask me. Oh, really? I'll go in. Will dinner be ready soon? Yes, ma'am, in about a half hour. George! Oh, George! What in the name of... George! Look out, Corey. Here comes the Eastbound Express. woo Liz, darling. Hi, Liz. Liz, what are you doing home so soon? What do you mean soon? It's after seven. (laughs) Yeah, but but what about the baby? It was born an hour ago. An an hour ago? Sure. But, 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 how'd you get out of the hospital? I walked out. How do you think? (laughs) But, but didn't the doctor say anything to you? Yes, he said goodbye. (laughs) Well, I knew medical science had made progress, but I didn't know it was anything like this. What about the baby, Liz? What is it? It's a boy. A boy? Oh, what did I tell you, Corey? Oh, Liz, who does he look like? He looks like Norman Kendall. (laughs) Yeah, I knew he... Who? Norman Kendall. Who'd you expect him to look like? You? Well, as a matter of fact, I did. (laughs) Well, after all, I am his father. (laughs) What? Now, listen. Excuse me, Mrs. Cougar. The hospital just phoned to tell you that it was twins. Twins? Oh, give me time. I just became the father of a boy. This one's a girl. Congratulations, George. Now you're a mother, too. Oh, Liz, darling, why didn't you tell me Jane and Norman Kendall were expecting a baby? I told you the other morning at breakfast, but you were too busy reading the financial page. Oh, uh, that reminds me. Where's the evening paper? I'm sitting on it. Sitting on it? Why? Because I want to tell you about Mitzi, and I don't want you to get me mixed up with Mitzi like you did with Jane. All right. What is it? Mrs. Jordan says Mitzi is expecting. Who's Mitzi? Her cocker spaniel. <laughs> Sleep? Not yet. Can I sit on the side of your bed? Sure. There. Isn't this cozy? Mm-hmm. George, your bed's higher than mine. Maybe it's because you're sitting on my stomach. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, darling. Is that better? Much. 
George. Yes, Liz. I'll bet I can make you kiss me. I'll bet you can't. All right. First, I put my arms around you. Mm-mm. Ah, but I won't bite on this. I taught it to you. Now, tilt your chin up like this. Now, ready? Yeah. I'm ready, but I won't bite. Candied orange. Mm-mm. Baked apple. Mm-mm. Stewed, uh, stewed... Oh, darn, what is that other word? Oh, you mean prune? <laughs> Liz, you tricked me. <laughs> Good night, George. My Favorite Husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Well, guys, that does it for Mr. Richard Denning and Miss Lucille Ball in the CBS comedy show, My Favorite Husband. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far. Please join me later on this afternoon as we bring back to the show to celebrate our one-year anniversary, Mr. Orson Welles. And join me tonight as we bring to the show Mr. Jack Benny in two episodes guaranteed to tickle our funny bone and then join me next Tuesday night as I bring to the show the first lady that I heard and the first old time radio performer that I heard Miss Elsbeth Eric in three episodes guaranteed to chill our spines and join me in the coming weeks as I bring such stars back as Bob Hope Mr. Joseph Kearns and many others and also guys join me as I once again bring y'all a 4th of July episode that Sunday night to celebrate Independence Day in our country. 
I hope you guys subscribe and listen to my podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you are new to my podcast, welcome. Please go back and listen to my first episode on Mr. Orson Welles. And then go up from the list from there. And if you're a longtime subscriber since day one, I really do appreciate it. And once again, guys, have a great day. And remember to always enjoy the show. Thanks.